calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is John Roca, one third of the Geek Buddies with this awesome ad for you. If you like this show and you want to make your own and some of you reached out and asked us about making your own podcast, well, let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never heard before. Go ahead and let your freak flag fly. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Take it from us here at the Geek Buddies. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, on with the Geek Buddies show. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of The Geek Buddies! Hey, 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 hey. Happy New Year, everybody! Oh. <laughs> we are back in 2020. Took a break last week, kind of rested a little bit, our voices and our energy, and we were ready. Too much partying. There was a lot of partying. That was a long uh, Christmas, uh, New Year's Eve party. Did you guys party? Did you have fun? Yeah. That's great. You, you went. There. You were there. I wasn't out late. I was, I've been working a lot. I'm oh, very tired. Uh-huh. I'm very tired. Uh, I need some green tea with some honey. Oh, Jesus A little bit of echinacea. <laughs> uh, okay. Do, do people still take that echinacea shit? Apparently Shannon does. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. I got the last bottle. You did. We all got to party with your lovely lady. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah. Uh, my lady came. Michael, did your lady come? I did not have a lady or a gentleman. I was yeah. flying solo, yeah. as I do. Maybe 2020 will be the year where I stop flying solo, but we shall see. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I will meet somebody on this cruise that I'm going on. In a oh, that's right. So, uh, yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. We will not have Mike in a couple of weeks. He is going on a cruise. The love boat. Yeah, what are they, is it a, is it, so it's a gay cruise. 
Yes, it is a gay cruise. Okay, Atlantis I was, cruise I was guessing a shot in the dark. That it, was it, is, uh, it is. It is the biggest gay cruise. It is wow. the biggest gay cruise on the one of the biggest boats in the world. It is 5,000 gay men and probably <sighs> about 50 women interspersed somewhere in there. <laughs> wow. uh, it's a lot. So women go to this thing. Yeah, so I've been on one before, and on the last time I went, uh, yeah. same same cruise, same route, same time of year, same boat. Right. Uh, it there were women, and I'm not a hundred percent sure if they were lesbians oh. or if they were straight women who just wanted to go on a cruise where they could drink and dance and party and know that they weren't really going to get hit on. I think it was maybe a mixture of both. Okay, okay, I can respect that. Yeah. Hmm. Now. The gay man lesbian going out. It's 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 kind of two different two different ways of doing it. Though, wow. Right? You know, gay men and lesbians uh, very stereotypically don't necessarily intermingle, travel in the same circles, mm. uh, different bars, different interests. Yeah, right. What about the gay geeks and the lesbian geeks? I think geeks trump everything. There we go. Geek buddy, so I have to say that. <laughs> but no, I do, I do think it is like I think that like there is a well there is said, a well there said. is there is gay culture, there's gay male culture, there's lesbian culture, but I think geek culture is sort of the bridge that yeah crosses all boundaries where it's like, well, I don't really know how I feel about you. Well, do you like Star Wars? And you're like, okay, well, now we're just going to talk for three hours. <laughs> <laughs> do the gay jocks pick on the gay geeks? No. Okay. That doesn't happen I'll, anymore. Those days are done. I will say, uh, for this cruise, speaking of geek things, I, <laughs> I was freaking out about not having enough things for the cruise and I needed clothes and stuff. And so I went on Amazon and I ordered a bunch of geeky tank tops. Oh, nice. Because I feel like that's my brand. So like when I'm walking around on the boat, like I want to be the one that's wearing like the Baby Yoda tank top or the mm. Disney tank top, just so it's very clear what you're getting into if you're going to come talk to me. So you're talking current tank tops because we've seen you in tank tops and yeah. you got a lot. I wanted new ones. Ah. <laughs> when I say I don't, when I say I was freaking out about not having enough clothes, <laughs> I meant I don't like all the things in my closet and I'm going to throw them away and I wanted more things. We can go through your Instagram. Yeah, and true. And show how many tank tops you actually have. And, and, right. and we, don't, we don't need to, we don't need to start. That could have its own Instagram fingers. page. That's true. Vogel's, okay. Vogel's tank tops. geeky tank tops. Yeah. Okay. So, so okay, true. Guys. Um, well, <laughs> let's just calm it down. Let's calm it down. <laughs> Do, now, you, when you say your brand, you mean your brand in the gay world or your brand in the world? I really don't think there's a difference. There we go. Fair enough. <laughs> I think that I like it. Crossing my the brand streams. is pretty much. <laughs> it's pretty clear. This, this is what you're getting, guys. <laughs> I love the new headshots, by the way. Or Thank the, you. Those Thank were great. You, you put did, them up on I Facebook. Needed, uh, I, I did an interview for a project that I'm working on, yeah. and they needed they needed a photo, and I didn't have good ones. So our good friend Courtney Lindbergh uh, did a photo shoot. That's how I started 2020 nice. with a photo shoot, and it nice. was a lot of fun. Nary a tank top in sight. Nary a tank top. No tank top. I'm definitely going to have to talk to Cordy once we launch fully launch the Outlaw Nation stuff to get some pictures taken as well. So speaking of, you've had an interesting week. Oh, well. You've had a you, you, 2020. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did put heartbreak or heartache on my uh, 2020 <laughs> post on Instagram and Twitter. I had no idea what I was opening the door to, but yeah, those of you who are listening, I'm sure you know by now, but um, we would be remiss not to mention that I was let go from Collider um, on the 2nd of January when we came back to work. Uh, what a swift kick in the gut. I tell you, we had just bought new couches and I was just thinking to myself, okay, you know, we'll see how long this lasts. I know the the views haven't been great, but there's supposed to be this new show coming and we're going to turn it all around and blah, blah, blah. And 
I was so such a shock that uh, to walk into work and they tell me straight up that the entire video division is being scrapped. All the shows are being canceled. Uh, I am terminated immediately. Um, and um, that's that. And it was a pretty emotional uh, goodbye. Like Thad was very like, we, you know, we hugged each other and uh, um, um, uh, the other person was in the room. We hugged each other and um, and it was just sad for me because I'd spent so much time there and I'd really grown as a host and grown as a pundit, grown as a reviewer and critic and, you know, taken my lumps, but also hosted a number of shows there. So I, it's sad. It hurts. I was mad certainly for the day, but you know, you also have to look at the positives that came out of it, which is I had so much access to do so many things there. If I hadn't had all that access, who knows where I'd be right now as a, as a person in the sphere. Well, and I'll say, because uh, Shannon and I talked about this, because mm. we got the text message. I was at home uh, uh, yeah. working on a script, and we got the text message. It was just like, boys, I've been let go. Yeah. And there was an instant sort of like all hands on deck. It's like, oh, okay, well, this, this, see how this is. But right. I will say we all got on the phone. Uh, the three of us got on the phone, so you could tell us both what happened at the same time. Yeah. And you sounded uh, much more... Definitely sad, definitely yeah. upset, but much more optimistic about uh, 2020 than I thought you were going to be based on the text message that we received. Yeah, certainly that was surprising. I think also it helped that I called my girlfriend as well first, and she was just like, babes, I know this is probably hurting you right now. I know you not want to hear this, but I think this could be the kick in the ass that you need, and it could be something that launches you into something that's bigger and better, and you've been wanting to do more things. Um, so yes, be upset. Yes, be angry for a few days, but then try and turn that into action. Well, I think already between then and mm. now, you've had a lot of great stuff happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah your been... your YouTube subscriptions, how many is it up to Yeah, it's up to, uh, as we're recording this, it's around 9,600 or 9,500, which is pretty incredible. And, and what was it a week ago? 153. Not even a week ago. <laughs> Thursday. So, oh no, yeah, a little bit under a week ago. Yeah, 153 subscribers. Because I had spent no time on it. Because I was so busy on so many other things. So now it's kind of blown up, and so many incredible people, and some of you, I'm sure, that are listening to us came and subscribed to the channel. And uh, I have so many plans for content for this thing. I've already met with an animator who to do the logo for Outlaw Nation. And then I met today with a, a gentleman who might. Uh, be getting a studio space to do a number of shows on the Outlaw Nation so we can do shows on camera and podcasts. So there's a number of things that I want to do with the channel. I've said this on a, a number of live streams that I want to turn into a pseudo outlet itself with uh, playlists for people to talk about fashion, to talk about tech, to talk about um, health stuff, to talk about movies, sports, professional wrestling, whatever they want, as long as it fits the kind of overall brand and I'm down to... To do that, so we'll see. I have big ideas, big dreams. We'll see if it happens, but I want to try. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. Don't leave us behind. No, the geek buddies. What are you talking about? We are securely attached to your uh, co co coattails. Yeah. Are you kidding? Right now, we're riding that outlaw train. You toot toot, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Bringing it back. Oh, good reference. Oh. But yeah, definitely that's the plan. So we'll see what happens. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please go to www.youtube.com slash John Roca says, because they wouldn't give me the Roca says. And I didn't want to do the Outlaw Nation necessarily, kind of confuse people. So it's John Roca says, and there's like a Patreon as well that's attached to that. So there's a lot going on. Uh, just look out for it on the social media. But I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm scared out of my fucking mind, but I'm excited that's as well. The best way to be. Yeah, yeah, that's the most rewarding experiences. As Owen Wilson said, I'm 2% excited, 98% scared, or 98% scared, 2% excited. <laughs> I just can't figure it I out. I just can't figure it out. <laughs> Confused. 
How have you been? What's been up with you? Good. You know, I mean, I worked a ton yeah. at Universal over over the break. I worked a lot. Uh, the two days that I did have off in the middle of it, I used to fly to Scottsdale to see my family All right. for about 24 hours, and I flew back the next day. Um, but yeah, you know, we, we kind of hit the ground running. It was it was funny because um, the thing that Vogel and I are working on, uh, the powers that be, we got uh, emails on January 1st with some notes for wow. some stuff. So Already? I was like, wow. We're not. We're not even taking taking January first yeah. off. All right, let's let's we do it. We did not. No. So we've kind of hit the ground running wow. um, thus far. I think it's. I think it's turning out really well. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully we can say more about what we're working on. I want to say it. Want to say it, but I don't know if we're allowed to yet. So yeah. Okay. Well, stay tuned on that. Don't leave me behind. Toot toot, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I do voiceover, just letting you know. Uh, <laughs> getting late. Uh, mm. uh, I gotta go. It's uh, warm in here. Uh, I do voiceover, eh? <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, for those of you who are... Oh, well, shit, we haven't even introduced ourselves. Hi, I'm John Roke. I'm a writer and producer and host um, now all around the world. There you go. And I am Michael Vogel, and I am an animation writer, producer, uh, you know, just here in the States. <laughs> and I am Shannon McClung, an animation writer and a television actor where you probably, you could see it, some of my stuff all over the world, I right? So. Like the, I recurred on The Mentalist. It's a very popular show sure. in Europe. I got a lot of followers from Spain and France off of that. Nice. Uh, yeah, The Mentalist, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and Blackish, the first season in Blackish. That's right. Shannon McClung is a good actor. <laughs> no. Nope. No. No, nope. not All right, I tried. No. I tried. No. <laughs> <laughs> what accent was that? Just I don't know. It's, okay. I, I thought in my mind French, and then came out Banderas. So I apologize. I'm a bit rusty. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't. That was, I, your, that was your voiceover audition. I have some notes. <laughs> fair, fair, totally fair. Um, uh, for those of you who are new to Geek Buddies, maybe you've uh, heard about it on the live streams that I've been doing, uh, the three live streams I've done so far uh, uh, this recording. I've mentioned Geek Buddies numerous times. Thank you so much for taking a chance on the show. Uh, but we uh, we break, we talk three geek news items which we each present, uh, and then we jump into our main topic. And our main topic this episode is about that supposed JJ cut that's out there oh. or maybe isn't out there. We're going to talk about it, but first, uh, let's get into our geek news items. Who's first? That would be me. All right. So it was announced just uh, just earlier that uh, Knives Out, Ryan Johnson's whodunit spectacular oh, yeah. that has was made for about $40 million and has gone on to gross almost $300 uh, worldwide. Insane. It is getting a sequel. Not a shock there. I think, uh, for the most part, that movie has kind of been universally beloved loved yeah and whatever wh- with whatever percentage of uh the movie going audience did not like his uh previous work which was the last jedi he's gotten them back on board with this movie this was personally one of my favorite movies of 2019 and yeah they are they are starting uh, work on a sequel that's going to focus on daniel craig's character uh benoit blanc no oh. and uh for me personally like yeah this could be a modern day comedic Agatha Christie. You sure. can put that guy anywhere. Um, Murder on the Orient Express. I liked it because I like that time period. Yeah. But at the same time, I understand like the it did not resonate with everyone. It resonated enough that it is getting a sequel as yeah. well that comes Death out this year. Mm-hmm. But yeah, what do you guys think? Knives Out too. More knives. I I mean I'm super on board. I thought I think Knives Out is definitely one of my favorite movies of the year. Um, you know it's so it's so interesting because. I, in addition to loving the movie, loving all the performances, particularly Daniel Craig's performance, which is just like, you know, 
Colonel Sanders on mushrooms, like whatever, whatever was happening <laughs> there. A donut hole in a donut hole. <laughs> um, I really appreciated how Ryan Johnson did this fun, over the top whodunit that also was like a you know uh, very clear statement on where we are as a country. Yeah, uh, you know that was all about you know, super far left liberals and super far right conservatives and a statement on being white in America versus uh, not being white in America. Mm. And that I just think that he really did a great job of just creating a movie that was pure fun. And also, if you wanted to scratch below the surface, was there was a little bit more going on. So I'm curious to see uh, in him taking Daniel Craig's character. And Mm. I would presume, maybe not, I would presume him going into a whole new mystery with a whole new fun cast of characters played by a whole new group of actors, how he sort of carries the uh, undercurrents of his movie forward as well. Hmm. That's fair. Yeah, it makes sense. If you make a lot of money, they definitely come at you with a sequel. Look, I mean, the the Joker thing we thought was never going to get a sequel. All kinds of rumors now that there might be a sequel um, once it crossed that billion dollar market. And this thing, no, I don't think anybody expected this thing to do as well as it did. But what a what a... How is it? What a, a lifespan it's had already, and how much it's made. People are just going nuts for it and really enjoying it, and shows you that it's not dead to have adult fare in the theater. Like yeah. that possibility is not dead. So adult original, fare. adult original fare, right? Yeah. If you make it fun, you make it interesting. Who knows how many people are going to come because they're starved for it. It isn't just superhero shit. There's just something about. The fact that this thing's been successful, I think, says a lot of volumes. I'm curious. You said something. I'm I'm just curious as to your opinion because definitely there was this idea, like, with Rise of Skywalker coming out and all the talk of Last Jedi and Knives Out at the same Mm -hmm. time. Like, it was a very Ryan Johnson-centric December. Um, For people like me who love Last Jedi, watching uh, Knives Out, you're sort of like, yeah, see – this is the guy. He did a great Star Wars movie into this, but as someone who's not the biggest fan of Last Jedi, were you like, huh, where was this guy? Like, where... No, I think... It's very clear that this was made by the same guy. The humor Mm. that he put in Last Jedi, I didn't think it was bad humor. I just didn't think it belonged in Star Wars. Mm. Um, His particular brand of humor. Like, I think he's a very, very funny writer. Um, But in terms of some of the bigger changes that he made... Specifically, like, with Luke Skywalker's character. Like, I wasn't a big fan of that. Um, But I've always... I've enjoyed his work. Like, um, Brick is a fucking weird movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, But it's it's weird and kind of uh, enchanting. I thought The Brothers Bloom, which a lot of people didn't see, I really liked The Brothers Bloom. Looper, for me, I was like, I, I didn't quite catch on to that as much as everyone else did. Um, but no, it's it's no shock to me that the same guy made, I, I was made just those curious. two yeah, movies. I was just curious. I think maybe he could have dealt with with some more Star Wars-centric notes for Last Jedi. Right. In my opinion. Yeah. Um, what do you think the title's going to be? Spoons Out. Okay. Forks, forks in. <sighs> what the fork? No. <laughs> what the spork. Then it's a crossover. Yeah. <laughs> Forky is in the new Knives Out movie. Oh, now I'm in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm curious. I'm definitely excited. Like, it, yeah. it, it is, it's fun for me. Uh, I was just talking to somebody about this, about the Jumanji sequel. Mm. Um, as someone who is a lover of, like, franchises. Like, I love when a fran- I love, I love existing, I love the Star Wars franchise. I love the Marvel franchise. You know, just some, the Harry Potter franchise. Right. It's really exciting when something happens and you're like, I think we just saw the birth of a new franchise. Uh, yeah. And like, I love the original Jumanji, but then I really enjoyed the sequel and I was like, Oh, 
this is a franchise now. Like, I will go see this story. And with Knives Out, it's the same thing. I'm like, oh, if you're going to give me a modern-day detective story with this sense of humor and this level of intelligence in the way it's written, I'm like, I'll go see four or five, six of these. Like, I'm, I'm in. Yeah. Well, and this article actually talks about how um, Daniel Craig had a lot of fun and was very – he's very excited to return to this role. Oh, I, yeah. I imagine for as awesome as being James Bond might be – it's probably a pain in the ass. Well, he said that, like the last time, he said it's like crawling through broken glass when he shot that movie. Yeah, and he did say, I think it was at the Golden Globes, I think he was on the red carpet or something, but he did say, somebody asked him about Knives Out, and he was like, look, when you get a script like that, when someone hands you a script like that, you jump at it. Yeah. Because there's not, it's not often. I think, I think you're right. I think after doing things like Bond and other stuff, this was like, wait, I just get to be ridiculous? Like, I get to just go have, like, it was, it was yeah. a, he looked like he was having so much fun. Yeah. Yeah, and Logan Lucky. He looked like he was having fun. Logan yeah. Lucky as well. That was a good film. <laughs> well, and it's not in this article, but there was, but there was. I read someplace else, and I don't remember where it was now. But they were saying how Lionsgate had so much faith in this movie that they sort of diverted the awards contention promotional budget from Bombshell to this. Oh wow! Yeah, in November they sort of made that conscious decision. No, I went and saw Bombshell. I liked Bombshell. I liked Bombshell. I too. thought it was pretty good. I thought yeah. the, the Showtime series was better. Different story, right. but I thought that was very very interesting. That they probably did not foresee this as being one how much money it was going to make, yeah, but yeah, also yeah. an awards contender, oh, an awards contender, and now a possible franchise. Yeah, yeah. Well, it got nominated for Best Picture, I think, for uh, the, uh, the Producers Guild uh, awards that just got released today. I think uh, and- so. And I mean, we brought this up before, but I'll say it again because I think it just bears repeating. Mm. Uh, in an era where, as we've talked about, and as everybody has talked about, you have the Martin Scorsese's and the Francis Ford Coppola's of the world yeah. sort of poo-pooing the big uh, the superhero movies. Uh, and you can sort of loop, loop Star Wars into that, like these big budget franchise epic special effects things. And they're like, nobody's making original movies anymore. Right. And you look at both Taika Waititi, who came from Marvel – and then brought us Jojo Rabbit, yeah. and you look at Ryan Johnson doing Last Jedi, and then bringing us Knives Out. I just think it's really interesting that in a world where so many of the older filmmakers are bemoaning the lack of originality, yeah. the people that are diving in on these huge franchises that us geeks love are also giving us some really great original properties. Yep. Yeah, and throw Ford versus Ferrari in there with James Mangold. Yeah, absolutely. Logan to Ford versus Ferrari. You, so, um, real quick, as a, speaking of Mangold, I know uh, this isn't on the list or on the rundown, but f- quick thoughts on Chalamet as Bob Dylan in Mangold's new film. <sighs> exactly. I, I, don't, I don't think that. Really? Okay. I think he's great. Okay. I think I think he's a great actor. Um, what was the the film that he did where he was the King of England recently? The Netflix movie. Oh yeah, the King. Um, I wouldn't have expected that. He's so, fantastic in that. Who and knows? I think he's great in Little Women. I think he's a damn good actor, but Bob Dylan ain't pretty. That's kind of the key to Dylan. But Bob Dylan and you is cast a weird. pretty guy like this. But Bob Dylan is weird. I know. And Timothy Chalamet is weird. People are thirsty for Chalamet, though, man. Thirsty. Capital Look, letters. I, listen. Capital letters. I, Ain't nobody thirsty for Bob Dylan. I, I, I'm the gay one here, and I'm getting uncomfortable with the way you're saying <laughs> thirsty right now. Uh, I just think that, like... You want to sleep with me? I just yeah. think that... I do think a lot of people are attracted to Timothy Chalamet. Yes! But I do think that more so than him being... Like, like I don't put him in the category of, like you're like the super, super hot actor. Like, he's sort of the quirky, weird actor, and so playing Bob Dylan doesn't seem like a out-of-left-field thing to me. Do you know Michael Sarah and Jesse Eisenberg would kick the shit out of you for saying that right now? He's the quirky actor! He's so pretty! Okay, well... 
I'm, I'm not, not going to get in a quirk off with those actors, but like, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying. A quirk off. I like that. that should I, be a hashtag. I, I would throw Chalamet in with like a young Johnny Depp, like around Crybaby, mm-hmm. but not as tough. Like Thoroughly he's, agree. He lo- he's very delicate. Yeah. He looks very soft. He's pretty. Oh, okay. I see what's happening here. He's, yeah. he's a sissy. No, Whoa. I didn't say a sissy. I see what's happening. Do people still use sissy. that word? <laughs> I said he looks soft. He looks dainty. He looks like he, he's not he's not a big guy. You're saying you want a piece of him. <laughs> you want a piece of him. <laughs> so. Yeah, so uh, on that note. The Knives Out sequel, they have said they're very excited to get started soon. So maybe, uh, maybe two years we're yeah. going to see the sequel. Ryan just well, laughing his way out of there. Much sooner than that, we are going to see something that everyone's excited about and does the premiere of Picard uh, on CBS All Access. And uh, uh, a news article that I wanted to bring to the table because I thought it was really interesting was um, Patrick Stewart was interviewed by Variety yeah. uh, just about what Picard was about, why he wanted to kind of bring back Jean-Luc Picard. You know, He's a executive producer on it. Uh, he got a lot more influence on the direction of the story than he did when he was just playing Picard on the original Next Generation. And the thing that has sort of been making headlines on a lot of the geek websites is he says that, uh, I think what we're trying to say with Picard is important. The world of Next Generation doesn't exist anymore. It's different. Nothing is really safe. Nothing is really secure. Mm. And it's really interesting because um, he actually, if you read the article, he talks about that his experience doing Logan with Hugh Jackman uh, really sort of informed him wanting to do the Picard the way that they're doing it. Right. And that he's been very clear that he is not a big fan of Nemesis. And the fact that that was Picard's last uh, role on screen, not the way to go out. And then being able to do something like Logan, where he got to play Charles Xavier, but to play Charles Xavier in such a different world than yeah. what the rest of the X-Men movies were, that really informed a lot of Picard. And I think that's really interesting because... As Gene Roddenberry was sort of famous for uh, the way that Star Trek works is you're not supposed to have conflict come from the characters. Right. The char- this was sort of this utopian future where we had put all of our issues aside. And so the threats were always there's this weird space cloud or there's these aliens, but humanity always got along. And even Alex Kurtzman with Star Trek Discovery kind of like put that to the side. Like, no, we're doing a serialized show and we're getting into pe- people will have conflict. And for Jean-Luc Picard to come back in this show, and he said, like, the Federation isn't the end-all, be-all, the always right, the always good thing. He's like, look, he live, he's like, we're pulling in this world that we live in right now, a world of Brexit, a world of Trump, mm-hmm. where we want a Federation that maybe you can't trust and that this is the world we're putting Jean-Luc Picard into. So all that is to say, I got really excited reading this article. Yeah. yeah. Like, I was already excited about Picard, uh, just as we've talked about here, like just seeing Patrick Stewart play Jean-Luc Picard again is exciting. But the idea that uh, his experience on Logan, which is something we're all big fans of kind of informed this and that we were going to see this world of Star Trek that was maybe a little bit uh, less shiny is really interesting to me. Yeah. I think just from a, not to even get into the, like the political aspects of it, but just the storytelling uh, aspect, if, you're bringing characters back just to put them in another perfect world. It's just more of the same, right? Like right. it's 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 not that exciting to tell a story. Like it's just okay. Everyone has gotten older, but it's the same old adventure. You paint this organization that was sort of this standard bearer for everything that was good and that was right. You suddenly put them in a different light with uh, with a retired 
captain yeah. who has lived a longer life now that for again just for storytelling that's fertile ground that's really really interesting because it's not to say i mean picard might be wrong who knows right i mean there's 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 a lot of different angles that you can attack that story from and i think that and i'm not a big star trek guy but i think that's an interesting way to tell that story wait you guys are uh writers you, you understand it's conflict right you have to have conflict and to make it interesting what do you got to do with conflict? You got to move the easy answers or the easy ways to solve the conflict. So if there, if if he says it's, it doesn't mean that the next generation never existed. It just means that world doesn't exist anymore. Just like all of us have to quickly adapt to a changing world all the time. Lord God, I mean, not to get too political, but like, did anyone anticipate the changes in this country for the last three years? We don't know. So it's like in the have, last week. Oh, fine, in the last week as last well. Week. In yeah, the last week, sure, in the last week. But like those are the kinds of things you have to adapt and improvise and understand, try to figure out. And the same thing with with Picard is saying, I think it's very smart as well, Mike, what you say, this idea that, well, um, it's better that it isn't the world he knows. Uh, And then you said Shannon, it would get boring. So now you've got more possibilities of different heroes, different villains, uh, interesting plot lines, deeper, more complex stories. Because no offense to TNG people, these weren't the most complex stories you'd have occasional really good episodes neither like, was the original john well, well i don't um <laughs> now you're just defending uh snoke for palpatine and it just makes it how very <laughs> dare you that might be the most offensive thing you've ever said to me and you have said some, some offensive, offensive things, things sir <laughs> um but, but i just i just say and you're right you're right sure uh, i don't disagree but like you know and this is what you want to do you want to capture what's science fi sci-fi always works best when it's capturing what's happening in the actual world and transports it into the future right because it feels real it feels uh, universal yeah i think that and relatable i think it is it's it's interesting and it's something that like again as we will talk about with star wars it's like it's that where how do you take a beloved franchise and how do you keep it the same but how do you move it forward and a lot of people love star trek because star trek was this the world, we have no more strife, Earth is at peace, we fight with other people, but it's a very positive, optimistic world. Mm -hmm. And I think that Star Trek always should be that, but I think introducing more conflict, introducing more areas that aren't black and white, that are a little bit more gray, keeps it interesting. And particularly for Patrick Stewart, it seems like, coming back to play Jean-Luc Picard again, not just playing him as the guy who's like, I'm a captain of Starfleet and I will listen to what Starfleet is and these are the orders and I will do them. Like to be sort of against Starfleet perhaps and to have to make other decisions. I think mm-hmm. it's more fun for him to play and I think it's going to be more fun for us to watch. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Is there anyone you want to see come back? I mean, I think like everyone's coming. It sounds like everyone's coming back. I haven't heard the Wharf is coming back. Is I would be surprised if we don't see Worf. I think they're keeping him under wraps. Because, I mean, Troy and Riker have both come out. Troy and Riker have both been in trailers. Right? And Data. data. They talked about it on social media. They're coming back. But no one's talking about Worf. We'll see. We'll see. All right. All right. It's this month, right? I want O'Brien. Are we going to do... O'Brien. Cole Meany would be Bring me (laughs) O'Brien. Are we going to do a review? Of I think we'll do a weekly review of okay. Picard. Do we all have CBS All Access? I, I, I don't. I mean, I'll get it. I don't know how, how much help 
I'll be in a weekly review. No, but. I think it's good to have people who are in, in uh, entrenched in Star Trek and people who aren't. I think it's fun. I think it would have been like I, I was talking to somebody about this. I it would have been I'm glad that we are all fans of Watchmen yeah. comic. It would have been interesting had one of us not been a Watchmen person. And not read the book. Um, yeah. Right. So I think that you not being the biggest Star Trek person, I think it'll be interesting to see how you respond versus how uh, mm. I, as a big Next Generation fan, respond. And uh, old uh, okay. old Reliable over here That's who right. likes the original so much. <laughs> USS That's Reliant right. over here. Yeah. yeah. Star Trek Two. I got that reference. Hey, hey we're all in the same decade. I had to, listen, I had to break it to you. I had to break it to you. Uh, all right, well, let's, we'll see what happens. It's certainly, Picard is something we're all looking forward to and excited about. And the trailers have been incredible. This looks like so much better than Discovery. Nothing against Discovery, but this feels like so much better already from the from the jump. The, I love the, Discovery. Yeah, so there you go. We there can you fight go. about that. I like the second season. I don't like that first season, but I think this feels like it's already starting off on the right foot. And we'll see, especially if that if that the girl they're trying to save is Q's daughter. That makes it all the more interesting, in my opinion. All right, we'll see. Anyway, uh, the next uh, geek news item is mine, I guess, and that is the trailer for New Mutants. I, I really never thought I'd be talking about this movie ever again. I thought for sure they had taken it, uh, put it into a sack, and threw it in the river. But no, no. This thing is going... It, it is the movie that will not die. Um, it is the last holdover, I guess, of the Fox regime into Disney. Uh, there were uh, articles, I think, a few months ago that spoke about how Disney was bringing the actors back together to do reshoots and how the producer of the film said, that's the difference between Disney and Fox. When Disney says you do it, you do it. And people... So they did it. Now this new trailer was released and the new trailer kind of went back to the original vision of Josh Boone, which was a horror movie. A New Mutants horror movie certainly feels this way. Do you think this is a, a dead-on-arrival film, or do you think this makes sense seeing this trailer? They're going to maybe launch a new universe with these people in the MCU. Um, I think probably somewhere down the middle. Okay. I Oddly enough, we all talked about this with Dark Phoenix, how yeah. why would you release Dark Phoenix? Everybody knows the mutants are going to the MCU. Nobody cares. And the movie came out, and it did horrible. It did. The response online to the New Mutants trailer has been so overwhelmingly positive. Yeah, I know. Um, and I don't... I would be very surprised if this was the way that they were going to, like... This was going to be the way they were going to lead in, to lean into mutants in mm. Phase 4. Right, right, right. Like, I feel like this is just going to be its own thing. Right. Um, and it's just coming out because they had it. It was shot. We might as well bring this out. Um, but... I'm kind of stoked to see it regardless. Yeah. yeah. And look, maybe there's that chance that it does so well uh, and the characters are so beloved that Faye's like, well, here's how we're going to introduce mutants, but we're going to kind of loop these. And I, I don't think that's probably the case, but um, you never know. We yeah. never, Knives Out's getting a sequel. Who knows? But like, uh, I do think what's interesting is common entertainment logic would dictate the fans have already moved on. Everybody's waiting to see what Marvel and Disney are doing with the mutants. Right. Everybody sort of understands that this thing isn't going to go anywhere, even if it's great. Nobody would care. But the trailer came out, and everybody's like, hey, I'm in. And the response does seem to be, oh, wow, whatever Disney is doing seems right. Fox didn't know what they were doing. Right. Just right. in the way the trailer was cut and everything about it, um, you know, seeing uh, – Eliana uh, Rasputin with the soul sword, yeah. see, like uh, Sunspot, like using his powers. It's like it. This trailer all of a sudden felt like, oh, you're not cheaping out. Yeah, that's the vibe that I got. Like I watched them, like, oh, you're not just dumping this and cheaping out on it. It looks like you actually are doing a thing, and the thing seems cool. Yeah, and I haven't seen any comparisons to the first trailer, like side by side, because it feels like some of those reshoots. You can tell they're older. 
So I wonder if that helps out too. And would this be a negative to kind of start the new mutants or start the mutant conversation in this way? I don't know if the response is so positive. Do we need to necessarily rush into Professor X, rush into Cyclops, rush into all this kind of stuff? If we've got this to kind of tide us over. I think it's less about rushing into any existing characters. I think it's more that I have no idea how Kevin Feige and the Marvel team are planning to introduce the idea of mutants into the MCU, but I'm sure there's a very specific way they're planning on doing it, and I can't imagine that this movie would fall into, Mm. would be able to be, like, looped into that, but maybe it will. Like, you know, I don't know. What do you think, Shannon? Yeah, you know, I mean, I know when they were talking about the Fox reshoots that kept getting pushed and kept getting pushed and and eventually just never happened. They were talking about, like, adding a character. I mean, you want to talk about people that didn't really know how to handle their their property, how to handle their movie. And according to... uh, some interview with Josh Boone, like what is being released is like, that's my movie. Yeah. That is my movie. What was happening before that? It was out of my hands. I didn't know what was going to happen. Um, do I think it's going to connect to the MCU? I doubt it. Yeah. I doubt it. Probably not. I mean, but I think if they release a good enough trailer, if their marketing is good enough, I think they stand to make more money with it being released theatrically than yeah. throwing it on Disney plus or throwing it on Hulu. Almost like Joker that it's its own movie. Yeah. And doesn't necessarily have to be tied in, but if it blows up and it makes like $700 million or whatever, sure. then the characters I, themselves can be worked into the MCU down the road. Maybe not all of them. And those are some, some popular characters. Yes, I they mean, are. Those are very, very popular Absolutely. mutants in that movie. And like I said, this is the first... I, I really liked the first trailer when it came out. I remember... I haven't gone back and rewatched it, but I remember right. just being like, the idea of a horror movie with mutants was really appealing to me. And then it had all the trouble and then another trailer. Like there was, It just, it just wasn't really... You just knew it was in trouble, and then the the Disney deal happened, and I right. mean, we all were just like, this thing is dead. Right. And then this trailer has sort of just renewed my interest, and I'm like, well, I'm definitely going to see this. Yeah. Did they do reshoots? Did that yes. happen? Yeah, there were there were rumors about them bringing them back. There were articles about the fact that Disney had scheduled reshoots, and I think, I can't remember if it was Gail Ann Hurd or Kinberg, one of those people said, see, when Disney, Disney was able to get everybody together, which is when Disney decides to do something, they, they yeah. get it done. <laughs> and they felt that they were in the right hands. So I think it'll be fast because isn't Legion involved with the New Mutants at times mm-hmm. in the comics? So wouldn't that be interesting if that's the way you kind of introduce Professor X, have Legion be one of those kids that's like they haven't shown him yet but could be at this thing, at this uh, facility, and then that's how you introduce Professor X and from X into the mutants. I don't know. I don't know how they're going to... I I have a lot of questions about how mutants are going to be introduced into the Marvel Universe, but I'm very excited about it. I I have a feeling we're going to have a good idea after uh, WandaVision. Mm. Yeah. I feel like... That's why they moved it up. Yeah, I feel like some shit's going to go down in WandaVision, and we're going to all come out of that and be like, okay, now I see. But who knows? Do you think they're going to connect Eternals to WandaVision? Because they will be released around. I think it's certainly possible. Yes, they'll they'll have one division heal somebody, and then that'll show up in uh, Eternals. I like like Baby Yoda. Yep. I think that there's two. I think like Baby Yoda. I think there's two things that are really interesting to me. One, what I'm curious about with Eternals, and then we'll get to the main topic. But I think that uh, one of the things I'm curious about with Eternals is just based on the way they've described it, these characters have been living on Earth for. Centuries. Centuries. So they've been living through the attack on New York and Thanos and all of this stuff, and they never showed up. And now they're showing up. And so I'm curious, like, the why here, why now of the Eternals, which I'm sure they have a reason for. I'm not not curious. I know this doesn't make sense. I'm actually excited to see why. And I wonder if 
part of that might lead to humanity being changed to something happening that sparks the mutant gene. Also, just, you know, I was at that Comic-Con panel and they made such a specific deal of using the specific word Scarlet Witch. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Wanda, we are going to show why she is truly the Scarlet Witch. And I don't know if that has to do with why her role in Doctor Strange is so important or if they're leaning more into her mutantdom. Like, if WandaVision is about her really stepping into her powers in a bigger way, yeah. and we all know that this is the person who was powerful enough to, like, do no more mutants uh, in um, House of M. Yeah. Like, is there a way that she does something that sparks mutantum to happen? So I think they have a lot of really interesting mm-hmm. ways. And I think between Eternals and uh, WandaVision, we're going to come out and have a pretty good sense of where they're going to go. And that might mean, and I think we've talked about this before, that might mean that Magneto perhaps wasn't in World War II. You yeah. Know, like that, that, they're, that if, if, if they're going to say this thing happens that creates mutants, that might be a here and now, and we might lose some of the origins that we're so used to. I don't know. We'll see. Some people were speculating online because, of course, the news dropped that Christian Bale uh, will possibly be in the next door. Um, shout out to Jeff Snyder for breaking that. But like uh, some people speculated he could be Magneto. Or he could be Professor X. There's been a lot of rumors. There was also rumors that um, in the Black Panther 2 that they might introduce Aurora Monroe, who yeah. is Storm. And so I do think there might be this really fun thing. And this yeah. is uh, like the Easter egg of like starting to see people show up in other movies. And that leads to it. So to an be, X-Men yeah. down the road. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I don't want to see necessarily Bale as Beta Ray Bill. It's not necessarily the thing that occurs to me in my head. But well, who knows? We'll see. We'll see. Uh, so speaking of things that we're super excited about. Well, first of oh, all, let's take a break. I was going to say, speaking yeah. of things we're excited about, let's hear a word from our sponsors. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. You beat me to it, John. <laughs> well, let's go to that now. All right. Well, thanks to all the sponsors uh, who let us uh, you know, pitch them on By our way, show. Super exciting. Yeah, very exciting stuff. You were right. I'm sorry I cut you off while you were so obviously going to say that. I apologize profusely. Uh, but now let's get into our main topic. Who wants to introduce this one? Oh, girl. Um, oh, okay. Release the JJ cut. Release the JJ cut. Uh, A seven-hour cut. No. So, in the wake of Star Wars: Rise of Skywalker, which everyone I see what is, you did there, wake. I see what yeah. you did there. Anyway, in yeah. uh, which everyone is still talking about and still going to see, uh, and still going to see. Um, there was a Reddit post <laughs> that came out um, that kind of caught Twitter by storm and kind of rode through rode through the internet, got everybody all riled up. Um, that basically said uh, this person had a source, and I will start off this by saying like. Who knows how real this is? You can never really trust anything on Reddit. But the way that this sort of grabbed people was definitely uh, newsworthy. Um, And they basically said that uh, the cut of Rise of Skywalker is not the cut that the people who worked on that film thought they were making. That J.J. Abrams and Chris Terrio uh, were being thrown under the bus by Disney and Lucasfilm. And that they were not happy with it, and that they had JJ had originally had a three-hour cut that had a lot more stuff in it uh, that had to get cut down. That he was forced to do a bunch of stuff by Lucasfilm and Disney that he didn't want to do, and that the cut that eventually came out isn't even really the cut that he wanted, and that he's embarrassed and mortified. He hates it. The reason that he and Chris Terrio were kind of going around and doing all these interviews on sort of their quote-unquote apology tour sort of explaining everything is because they're very unhappy and then it has a very very long list 
uh, on the Reddit thread that has everything that JJ either had in the movie, wanted to have in the movie, was planning on doing, was told he couldn't do. It is a very detailed bulleted list. Um, And that got people really worked up. And uh, just like all of those uh, big, big Zack Snyder fans who Mm -hmm. really want that Zack Snyder cut of Justice League, (laughs) we now have a release the JJ cut hashtag flying around with people that really want to see what JJ originally intended for Rise of Skywalker, hoping that that will be better than what they ultimately got on screen. Wow. I think that's the great reaction. I think that's the perfect reaction. And I wonder how many of these people who were hashtagging the release the JJ cut were laughing at the people who were hashtagging release the Snyder cut. That's that's the that's the hypocrisy within geek fandom sometimes. But also, you're a you want to see the the Snyder cut? Absolutely. So. So conversely, can you be laughing at the JJ? Cut no, people? I'm not laughing at the people who want the JJ. Cut. I just don't think it exists. I don't believe it at all. I don't believe it at all. I think this is. People who want to defend J.J. or J.J. apologists creating this as a reason for why. And neither one of them has come out and said, well, this wasn't our original cut. This wasn't what we re- We had to cut some things that we didn't really want to cut other than the stuff with Rose Tico that Terrio was saying like, oh, the CGI didn't work. That's why we couldn't put Rose in the film, uh, which I think is a bunch of horseshit. But that's what he said. Um, and, and then recently he had that interview with, I think it was THR, where he said like, you know, we thought Luke, uh, we th- figured, let, let the audience figure out if Luke could sense oh, she was oh, a Palpatine oh, oh, oh. and stuff like, and, and I know some people like John, uh, respect to John Huey, who, who is at the resistance broadcast, uh, system, uh, you know, he, a center rather, he, he pushed back on my tweet and said like, this is 0.01% of the article and it isn't the full quote. I respect that, but the intention is there. The meaning is there. I think. I think a couple of things. I think when you really, if you go and hunt down this Reddit thread, you yeah, have it open on your phone. I have it open on my phone okay. right here. Um, that there's a couple of things in here right off the bat that I think are really kind of silly and mm-hmm. untrue, and they kind of say that uh that Disney um was kind of throwing JJ under the bus because they knew that he uh, had an exclusive deal at DC. The bad robot is going over to DC and has a deal over well, there with Warner Brothers. With, I'm sorry, with Warner Brothers. Correct. Yeah, correction. Like that, he has the overall deal with Warner Brothers, and that right. there's rumors that he might be talking to them about what he would do with the DC universe, and that because they have the Marvel universe at Disney, they don't want DC to succeed, so they're trying to make JJ look bad. And, and like, and some of the wordage that they use, like the, the the best thing for them is to keep DC in limbo. It's like that is effing ridiculous. So yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, they want to keep DC in the limbo that they're in right now. Abrams jumpstarting that franchise with something like a successful audience pleasing Superman makes them nervous. So that's actually just not how the industry works. Right. Like like if if superhero movies are doing well, they do well for everybody. And every time that DC comes out with a big stinker, there's 95 articles about is this the end of superhero movies and that's bad for everybody. So this idea that there that there's all of this like let's make JJ look bad like that off the bat was very ridiculous. Mm-hmm. That being said, once you get past this, um, there is a sense. J.J. Abrams did that one interview very recently, like right after mm. Rise of Skywalker came out, where somebody said, what do you say about all the fans who are having problems with the movie? Right. And he goes, they're right. And then he followed it up with a whole, you know, you can't please everybody and everyone's entitled to their opinion. But that really struck me as an odd thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's an odd. Like, I think you can just say. Well, you know, you can't please everybody, but like coming out right off the bat with their right. Yeah. And that combined with the fact that J.J. Abrams and Chris Terrio and uh, I forget their name, but one of the editors who's been in a lot of these interviews, like there's definitely a whole lot of going around and talking about 
well, here's what we intended. Here's yeah. what we wanted. We wished we had more time. Chris Terrio recently said he wished they could have made it two movies. And I'm not excusing them as the filmmakers. Mm-hmm. And I think that whether they ha- a three-hour cut exists or not, there's some mistakes or in my in my opinion, there's sure. some mistakes that were made that would have been there regardless. But I do think that they're in, – in listening to everything they're saying and then when you read this Reddit post uh, and then you watch sort of the cut-up mess that is Rise of Skywalker, I do think that there's a good chance that no one who worked on this movie is very happy with how this movie turned out. Yeah. I do think that J.J. and Chris Terrio probably are not happy with Rise of Skywalker. I yeah. heard three months before the movie came out from someone who's tapped into the Star Wars thing. He said to me, from what he was hearing from the people inside the studio who'd seen early cuts of it, the highs are really great, but the lows are really low. And he was right. Because there are moments in this film that are supremely Star Wars. And they're a lot of fun. I think. Are there? And then there are moments in this film that are so bad. And then you're just like, what the point? What's the point? Yeah, I like the Emperor shooting his electricity into the ships. That was badass. That was awesome to see that. The lightsaber battle on the on the in the water on the thing there. That was great to see. Um some of that her training, that's supremely Star Wars. So there were moments that were very cool and fun, but then there weren't some moments that were and I agree with that I think a majority of people feel like it it's just a, a whole mixed bag that didn't quite work in the in the end. And, yeah, I, I feel like after Planet and and spoilers real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After Planet Burning Man, I checked out. I thought that chase <laughs> was fun. Um, even though uh, there there, I think it was in that Reddit thread that the whole like they fly now, they fly now. Yeah, that like yeah, they yeah. were forced to add that. I'm like that feels like that feels like a Star Wars moment to me. That was yeah, funny. Yeah. Um, the idea that <laughs> there's this secret cut <laughs> that is that they're they're keeping under lock and key yeah, to yeah. me that's ridiculous. Right. Do I think that they will eventually release like an extended version? I kind of do, yeah. Because you know, think about why are they not going to release the Snyder cut? Because nobody cares. Like that, that the amount of money. No, this is my opinion. Uh, not enough people are going to uh, get a return on that investment. Is that you know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about. I don't agree with you at all, but I know what you're talking about. I I don't think that the money that they would have to put in that they will see because I think if you release the Snyder cut, it would make a hundred million dollars. Okay, I think you are. I disagree. Sure. Feel free. Bananas. Feel free. Rise of Skywalker. I mean, look what happened. And granted, it's not a perfect comparison, but look what happened with Endgame. Like, they didn't add any scenes into the film. They added it after the credits. And that movie made a bunch more money. Yeah, yeah. I think if they released an extended version of Rise of Skywalker, I think that would make $100 easy. But how do you release it now? And then it it explains all the stuff. And if it comes out, it's a better cut. Then Disney looks even more worse for having released that original. I don't think but they'll I don't release think they it. Care, I don't think they'll. Yeah. No, they do. I, oh, I, I think they, they care about how they look. I, I do think it's that they won't. Thing. I don't think they're going to release a extended cut theatrically. I think down the road, uh, you know, when Rise of Skywalker comes out on Disney Plus, gets mm. the extended version with some other stuff in it. Like I think they probably will put some things in it somewhere like down the line. Deleted shit. scenes. Um, you know, like some of the big the big moments were. Uh, in this Reddit thread, kind of some of the big things that people were upset about. Mm. Um, one, as J.J. Abrams and Chris Terrio have explained numerous times now, the thing that Finn... Again, we're going to get into spoilers here, so I'm going to say some specific things. So if you haven't seen Rise of Skywalker yet, go watch it and then come back. Yes. Three, two, one. Mark Sloan. Spoiler town. 
so when uh, when 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 Finn tells Ray when they're sinking on Pasana on Burning mm-hmm. Man on Planet Burning Man that there that he has something to tell her and that's never resolved, he was going to tell her he was force sensitive. Force sensitive, Ray. Uh, in the big climactic battle, uh, there's a moment where BB-8 solves fix something that he was going to fix with the force. That you do get the oh. sense they hint at it in the movie if you go and watch it again. Like Finn does have a sense of some things, but it was going to be much more explicit that he was in fact using the force. Right. So that was a big thing. Another rumor coming out of this Reddit thread is that they actually brought Sam Jackson, Ewan McGregor, Hayden Christensen, a lot of the actors in. The Force Ghost and Shield. And when Ray uh, hears all the voices at the end, a lot of those people were going to actually show up as Force Ghosts. And Disney was like, uh-uh, cut it. No way. Uh, so there's the rumors that like that footage exists of those actors, and that was something that people got really, really big on. Mm. Um, and then one of the big ones uh, is Finn and Poe. And I don't think this is in, oh yes, this isn't in a cut anywhere. But this Reddit thread makes it very, very clear that JJ fully wanted to have Finn and Poe be a thing, and that Disney was like absolutely not under no circumstances. Right. And the likelihood is that that is because of China. Uh, who always edits out anything that is LGBTQ and China is the biggest movie market. Yeah, yeah but, but Star Wars is Star Wars popular never in popular in China. It doesn't matter. They're still going to they're not going to do something that big. And I I can say this even mm. having worked at Hasbro and stuff. Like when you have these conversations like Disney's not doing the math of like, well, Star Wars isn't big in China, so let's go ahead and do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If this is true, uh they're being like, no, we're not putting that with main characters. Um, that that's a big deal. So, and I do think that there might be some truth to this because in Oscar Isaac's interviews that he's done, where he's asked about this, he's very specific. He's oh, like, yeah. he's like, well, I think Finn and Poe should have been a thing, but I guess the Disney over. He doesn't blame the. He he doesn't just say, well, I'm the actor. I didn't write the movie. He's very specific yeah. in putting the blame at Disney. Um, and it does seem like the actors kind of across the board are kind of very loyal to JJ. Mm-hmm. So I do think that there's probably some truth to that aspect of it. Um, what were some of the other uh, littler things that Disney wanted them to cut Babu Frick because they <laughs> thought he was going to be this movie's Jar Jar and that clearly is not true because right. uh, a lot of people really love that Babu Frick um, and then just a lot of the the Kylo Ray the kiss kind of mm. that whole thing that, that that was sort of kind of forced on JJ uh, that's yeah. the other big rumor so that seems are... believable well, and and I and correct me if I'm wrong, but the Reddit thread talks about how Disney really wanted to lean into the fan service. Mm. If if this is true, why not do that Force Ghost moment? That because that seems like the ultimate fan service. Yeah, moment. right. Good point. That seems like a weird thing to cut. It seems inconsistent. If it's, if it's true, I do think, and I will say that there is a. I think sometimes when we talk about like the way that studios make decisions and we say, well, studios wanted to lean into fan service or they wanted this, and we sort of kind of try and apply that logic to all their choices. I can say, you know, just I'm thinking can I say this with like I guess I can't get in trouble for this, but like okay. having been at Hasbro, even though I was on the TV side and going over to like Paramount for like Transformers meetings or whatever, and you're in these rooms, executives aren't logical. Like you can have a thing that says we should lean into fan service. And I, again, I don't know that any of this is true, but just as an example, yeah. you can have the overall thing being like the fans were really devised, divided over Last Jedi. Let's make sure that doesn't happen. Let's lean into what the fans love. And you could still have an executive go, this Force Ghost thing is dumb. Don't do that. And somebody could be like, well, the fans might like it. Well, I don't care. Give, the fans are getting this and this. Get True. rid of this. Like, That's, like, that I can see. There's not a lot. There's oftentimes, just like with any human being, there's not a lot of rhyme or reason to what happens in those executive level things. Like I think sometimes we give them... 
either more credit or less credit. I'm not sure. But like we think that like yeah. they make a decision and that choice applies to everything. But that's not always true. Right. And also nothing says like three months ago, an executive says, you know, put this in, put this in. And then three months later, they screen it. And then they're like, oh, we wanted to put this in. No, 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 no. Because he's in a different frame of mind. He or she's in a different frame of mind. So certain things make it or don't make it. It's not a, it's not a streamlined process necessarily, especially with something this big. Yeah. You know, it seems like, because uh, there was a lot of fan service. But anyway, I just think it's funny. Is this what we're doing from now on? Release the blank, blank cut? Is well, that? Your look, Snyder fans started it. Look, first of all, <laughs> we have every right to see the Snyder cut. Let me ask you a question. But you can't take, take the authenticity of that and apply it to everything. Well, okay. I think first of all, well, I guess that here's my question then. But like, what, aside from, and I think this is true of the JJ cut as well. Oh, we'll get into it. Okay. No, it's, it's just sort of like a philosophical <laughs> question. Of like, aside from, I guess, the vindication that Zack Snyder made a better version of Justice League than what we saw, which okay. I personally find highly doubtful, but like, Aside from a level of vindication of a, like, see, he was right, and you, Warner Brothers, were wrong. Right. What's the benefit of seeing it? And I, and I, cause I think the same thing applies to this JJ cut that yeah. ultimately a movie came out. Whether it's Justice League or Rise of Skywalker, a portion of the fans are not happy. Yeah. And then you find out that through. You know, Zack Snyder coming off and Joss coming on or through the entire process of Lucasfilm and Disney and all of this, like for whatever reason, it just didn't jive. Mm -hmm. What what do we get out of seeing a, a, a half cobbled together cut of what could have been? Well, I appreciate the way you asked the question. And there's a bias in your question because right at the end you give away your bias. So let me answer. Oh, oh. let me answer your question. Oh, oh, please let explain. Me, let me take the first part and the second, and come back. And, <laughs> no, but I'll say this: I hear everything you're saying, but I don't think this is a vindication situation. And I can only speak for me. For me, maybe some of the fans will feel vindication. I'm curious to see if he had made a better film. I'm curious to see if this artist who I've enjoyed in Man of Steel, who I enjoyed his 300, uh, and his Watchmen director's cut, by the way, um, was able to bounce back after Batman v Superman, which I absolutely do not defend and do not like, and create something that actually made sense and would lead into, which was rumored to be a five-film thing. I wanted to see if maybe he could bounce back and deliver something better. So for me, it's about the curiosity of it all. It isn't necessarily about, oh, see, you were wrong, studio. It's more like, okay, you took, you thought this was the right move. It, it, maybe it wasn't. Let's see what he was originally going to do. Great. And then we have an idea. We have, we have at least an understanding uh, of both sides of what they were both trying to do and why certain decisions were made. And then we have all the information. What's wrong with having all the information so we can, we can make an educated, uh, have an educated opinion about a situation? What was my bias? I'm curious. Right at the end, this cobbled together half, blah, 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 blah. That's bullshit. There's no way they would just go, here it is. They would totally work on it, hash it together, but try to make it as seamless as possible. But that's what I don't agree Maybe with. Maybe add shots. But that's what I, I don't think... I think the best that we would ever get, and maybe I'm wrong, but mm. I think with, and I apply this to Justice League or Star Wars, uh, Rise of Skywalker, the best that we're going to get is a version where certain effect shots aren't done. Like, they're not going to go through and spend the money to do full effects mm -hmm. for everything that was shot but never kind of put through post production on either of those things, because the cost of doing that 
to have something come out. Like, I just don't see that happening. Look, people invest all over the world in shit movies. Oh, for sure. China does that. Germany does it. All these random companies have popped up who put out crap action films. So you go to them and you go, you get a piece of this movie for $10 million or $20 million or $30 million. That is possible. But you could start a Kickstarter and get the $20 million, you, I guarantee you. You could. But so, uh, let me put it different way. Warner Brothers or Disney is not going to put the money into these things right. for a movie that already came out. Now, I guess if you're saying that Warner Brothers and or Disney just dumps all the footage out to the universe and says, here, fans, do what you want with it. And somebody takes it, okay, maybe someone would do that. But like, I don't think Disney's going to go to Kickstarter and say... No, no, no. I mean, Zack Snyder does that. And that Disney... <clears throat> I mean, that Warner Brothers says, okay, you have permission. If you can get the money, you can do it. We'll release it. And then Warner Brothers works out a separate deal for um, that movie with the people who have invested in the reshoots mm-hmm. or in the shots, the mm-hmm. new shots, and with the actors. So you work out a whole separate contract for this, this situation. We can land on the moon. We can figure this out. The 30 seconds that you just talked is already way too complicated to make this thing happen. Bullshit. We landed on the moon. Do you want me to show you the calculations of landing on the moon? Um, I, I think it's like, but that, I ultimately, and we can just agree to disagree. I just think that that's the ultimate thing with this is that I don't see what the upside is mm-hmm. for anybody, really, what? to see these things in the way that they were intended to be because that just is not what happened. The, yeah. the movies came out. Like, I, and, and like, look, I can poo-poo the Snyder Cut because I'm not a fan of Justice League. Uh, I really love Star Wars, and I'm very disappointed in Rise of Skywalker. And would it have been better if Finn had actually used the Force, if Finn and Poe had gotten together, if Rey and Kylo hadn't... Like, there's a whole list of things that I'm like... I mean, I still would have major problems with a lot of the things that we've talked about when we talked about the movie. Would it have been better? Maybe. Would it make me feel better? But, like, that's not the movie that happened. Oh, it's like fool's gold. Well, okay. So with the the JJ or the yeah. excuse me, the Snyder cut. Yeah. Um let me say I would love to see what that what that is. Yeah. But see? also awesome. even if that cut were to someday be released, we're still not seeing what he wanted to do because he had to make adjustments to the script based off of the reaction to Batman versus Superman. Right. So his true sort of undiluted uh vision of this story is w- was never made. Right. So there's that. But also with the JJ cut, I absolutely think they will if they were to release it, they would make money. I I whatever money they would have to spend on effect shots to add whatever 20 minutes, 25 minutes that they that this Reddit thread is um saying would clear up a lot of stuff and make it a better movie. I think Disney will absolutely do that to make another 100 million dollars. You mean you think they would? Yeah. And, and I, I think that's a possibility. Well, I here, think, and here's the deal: the list that you read out, I bet none of that shit was shot. So, what cut are we going well, to get? So, okay, so I do think I will agree with you, yeah, on the fact that you know, look, Zack Snyder goes online and teases fans about yeah, the Snyder cut. I know he does. So, the he whole concept it. that there is a Snyder cut that exists, I think, is a lot more likely. Than the fact the the one thing that the Reddit thread says, and I I think it's a it's a little bit of both. They say the original cut, JJ's original cut for Rise of Skywalker, right? That apparently got screened, and the rumors are was so troubling that they brought George Lucas in and said, "Help us fix this." But like that is apparently three hours. Oh, I don't know what to do here. And <laughs> so I think what people are responding to is they want to see the three hour cut, right? 
the I don't think that that three hour cut has that's what I'm saying yeah uh, Finn and Poe getting together of course that'd be convoluted like, there's like there's stuff that like at the writing stage they weren't allowed to do right if this if this is all to be believed yeah so I think that even the the quote unquote three hour cut that exists uh would not be the satisfying thing that they want so I do agree with you that like Zack Snyder clearly has something up his sleeve somewhere probably screens it late at night. With his friends, like I don't know, like there's, I'm sure there's people that have seen it. sits in a, sits down in a Batman suit and watches it. Yeah, one of my goals in 2020 is to become connected to Snyder in some way, so I can see the the, the uh, Snyder cut. Geek Buddies exclusive. Yeah, uh-huh. and none right. of you, none, neither of you are invited. You're not invited. I can bring Shannon. You know what? I am super. <laughs> I am super okay with that. I, you're lost. I don't think that either of you wants to take me over to your friend Zack Snyder's house. <laughs> And get me talking about Zack Snyder movies. You would do that in his home. You would. You would disparage the man in his house. I would never. I would never. For I the would, geek buddies, you I will would not. Never do that. I will shoot you. In the I leg. um, I through a friend oh. in West Hollywood Ooh. had. I went out to dinner. And he said, "He said come to dinner with me and a couple of my friends, Scott, Brian, and Todd, or whatever." But Brian was one of the names, yeah. and I was like, "Cool." And I got to dinner at Merrick's, and I sat down, and it was Brian Singer. Oh shit. And I was like very polite and I was very nice. And then my friend says, "Is this recently? No, this is years okay, ago." Okay, okay. And my friend says, "Brian, did you know that Michael is a huge Superman fan?" And my butt clenched up. <laughs> this is post Superman Returns. Superman Returns had okay. already come out, and I actually, I, look, I will say, I appreciate Superman Returns a lot more than Man of Steel, even though I think it has a lot of problems. What? In but the fuck, Superman okay. Returns does have a lot of problems. <laughs> but. So he turned to me. He's like, "Oh, what did you think of Superman yeah. Returns?" And <laughs> he I, asked you about his own movie. Well, we were like talking. Oh. Well, no. Uh, to be fair, first he asked me what I liked about Superman. Yeah, and I kind of said what, I, and he said what he liked about Superman. We talked yeah. about it, but it kind of got around to super. It, it, he wasn't like it was not a hey, tell me what you think of my yeah. movie. It was it was Kiss a very a casual, <laughs> normal conversation right, right, that you would have with anybody who. Oh, you, well, did you see this? Uh, and I will say like. And again, I think this is just the polite thing to do. It's like I – and it was not hard because there are a lot of things that I liked. So I picked the things that I liked and yeah. I said this was great. This was great. And I feel like you know, I don't need to over quesadillas tell you all the things that I don't like <laughs> about your movie. So I did not. So I would be very polite at Zack Snyder's house. Damn right you would be. Hopefully he doesn't listen to any of these before we go over. Oh, I would love it if he did. <laughs> he, he would send you a golden ticket. He'd come in first. Sam's like, he sit you right next me, to him. He sends me upstairs to get the popcorn, and there's like five guys that are waiting for me, like, take me out back all, and kick all, the shit out of all me. All dressed like Spartans. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> well, hey, wait, now you're talking. What kind of party is this? Speaking of the gay cruise. <laughs> Joke's on you, Zach. <laughs> um... This is Snyder's house. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, right. I, I think. Look, I think the the long and short of it is, I think this whole place we live in, where fans demand to see these cuts from studios, is just it's a little silly. I do think that. I, they, okay. No, what were you going to say? It's a longer discussion because I think the studios, I think the studios bear responsibility for the entitlement that fans feel. They have catered to fans for a long time because they've needed fans in those seats to sell their big budget movies, their franchise movies. So for them to be upset that they can't control the monster that they created, they can kiss my ass. This is the game. Yeah, except, okay, but to be fair, like, Last Jedi came out and the fans weren't happy. And right. it seems like from what multiple sources, including this Reddit thread, have said, is that they were like, okay, well, let's do fan service. And that Rise of Skywalker is filled with fan service. Right. And it doesn't work. Because it's clumsy fan service instead of organic and natural fan service. There is a difference. Now, I don't think fans are entitled to storm the gates. 
I think that's where the line is. You know, um, real quick. Uh, yesterday or this morning, I was reading about um, how seven fans in London, uh, in Liverpool, went down to the Everton training ground to confront the players because they felt the players in this previous game did not give their full effort and they wanted to berate them. The director of the club had to come down and stop them. Then the fans said, "If you don't let us talk to these players, we're going to bring more fans down here." That's too far. That's too far. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? <laughs> bitch all you want online. Bitch all you want with each other. Do podcasts. But physically going and conf- Like if a bunch of people went down to confront Warner Brothers executives about the Zack Snyder cut, that's too far. <laughs> but what... And again, this is probably another... Uh, another Geek Buddies Another Geek Buddies conversation for another episode. But like, what is the line of what's appropriate? Because like... I just told be- you. But I mean, but even... Step- <laughs> not storming <laughs> the gates. That is, okay, like, I, I think we all agree that not storming the gates is, is a good line. As soon as Climb you get in the water tower, <laughs> yank your wacko out of there. But as soon as you get in your car to go to the gates, lines crossed. The... <laughs> look, I... I do not... And again, like I said, not a fan of Rise of Skywalker. Right. It is low on my list of Star Wars movies. Um, I still want to go to galaxy's edge i still love mandalorian i still want to see what's happening like i am still a star wars fan and i'm still excited about what disney is going to do even if i think that the road that led to rise of skywalker was filled with potholes and ended up with something that like just did not land like i think that like and so i think that it's like i love actually frankly i love talking to people about rise of skywalker and like what could have been and what i wish had happened and like where i think they went wrong like i think it's just fun to talk about but i'm not getting like to the point of like yelling and getting on twitter and and i just i guess i just don't understand the anger and vitriol and the accusatory like you fucked this up and you have to pay for it yeah does that make sense yeah i mean because once again you go back to what happened with ghostbusters the idea of you're fucking with my childhood you're fucking with my childhood and people i think are so frustrated with the world the world the, life is harder nowadays people have to work more people have to suffer more and do more things to be able to just to survive just to eke out a living and so the things that they want to come back to and they hope they can depend on are these films these franchises and i think when that gets muddled that even that last oasis or salvation or a place to turn your brain off and be entertained again gets muddled gets fucked with then the anger comes out because there's nowhere for them to go and i think that's what happens sometimes i think fans get upset about that and and i'm not saying rightfully so but it's understandable to someone like me when i see that i don't get that way obviously because i don't i don't i love all these things but i also know disappointment's a part of life you know they messed up the matrix stuff you don't see me going crazy at warner brothers like there's all kinds of things they can mess up but you just want to grab onto as you get older you grab onto the one things that they did well versus the things that they messed up I have a really important question for oh both of you. We're at 106, but seven by the way. Which is a better party? The rave in the Matrix sequel? <laughs> or that party that was happening on Planet Burning Man and Rise of Skywalker? Planet Burning Man, because those people in the Matrix are probably stinky. Yeah, that's fair. You don't know what those aliens on Pisana sound smelled like? Yeah, but I know what all those humans smell like. <laughs> They've been dancing underground. <laughs> <laughs> There's two I'll, differences. I'll roll my dice with the aliens. <laughs> If, if you're asking me, yeah, yeah, I would agree because like one is on a planet, you're just hanging out, and Lando's there. The other one is like we're dancing because we're gonna fucking die at any moment. I don't want to be part of that. You shouldn't be raving while those machines are about to kill you. And yeah. also, on the planet, open air, oh right, <laughs> underground, you're stuck. Yeah, exactly. but like you're cooking. I think if you're in the Matrix rave, way more shot of hooking up with a sexy person. Oh. 
Hands down. Like those aliens on Pasana. That's fair. I mean, maybe, look, maybe you run into Lando and he's going to give you a little bit of, hey, how are you doing? Yeah. Like, I mean, I guess, I guess you've got that. Hey. You've got that going for you. Let's... Take you behind the red velvet rope. <laughs> hey, hey, let's go find out. Oh. <laughs> Boom. I've got a table over here. <laughs> Some Colt 45. Oh. All right. Well, there we go. I think that's the perfect place to wrap up this episode of the Geek Buddies. Hope you all enjoyed it. Sorry we went a little bit over an hour, but hey, I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Sometimes it happens. It's fun stuff we talk about. Um, uh, Shannon, where can they find us if they want to follow us on social media? If you'd like to follow us on social media, on Twitter, it's at geek underscore buddies. On Instagram, at the underscore geek underscore buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media, on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung. On Instagram, at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you'd like to follow Mr. Vogel, it is at MKTune. If you'd like to follow Mr. Roca, it's at the Roca says. Boom. Mikey. Listen, guys, if you're out raving, talking to your friends at these <laughs> dance clubs, subject to podcast comes up, tell them about Geek Buddies. <laughs> Whether you're on Pasana or you're underground and the machines are on their way. There's no signal down there. <laughs> <laughs> That's for damn um, sure. They would find you in a heartbeat. <laughs> uh, and if you enjoyed what we said, if you had a good time, uh, give us some ratings, give us some stars on wherever you're listening to the podcast. Go to the Twitter page, go to the Instagram page, uh, tell people to... Check us out, retweet us, uh, recommend us. The more people, uh, 2020 is a big year for us. Like yeah. last year, we started things off, and this year, we really want to like keep things moving forward. We want to do some really, really fun things. And the more viewers we have, and the more exposure we get, the more fun things we get to do. Yeah. So uh, definitely uh, help us out. There you go. Uh, well, um, and uh, I will say this one last thing. We are going to possibly, one of the things Michael just mentioned here, there are plans for 2020. The Geek Buddies is going to be moving uh, onto YouTube. Uh, we do have a YouTube channel, but we're going to move that over, the videos over to uh, my YouTube channel, John Roca Says, and it'll be a playlist. So you uh, down the road, one of the plans is to put us on camera down the road. We'll see. I've got some things in the works. We'll see if it happens, but that's one of the big plans for us. So uh, look for that coming very, very soon, and look for the Geek Buddy stuff on YouTube coming very, very soon. The outlaw has left the station. Yeah, I'm just saying. Oh, that's right. That's toot, right. toot, motherfucker. Yeah, I got my voiceover booth right there in one of those compartments. All right, all right. Thanks, everybody, for uh, listening to this episode of the Geek Buddies. We will talk to you next time on the Geek Buddies. Hey! Release the Snyder Cut. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.